Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hi, it's Rose here. This week we're talking about plastic particle pollution, the poppy appeal and Remembrance Day. Bonfire Night, and I'll be reviewing the book The Lion Above the Door by Anjali Ralph. Today I am reviewing the wonderful book by Anjali Ralph called The Lion Above the Door. This book is about our global problem of racism. It's a complex story that touches on World War II and the power of history. The story begins when, on a class trip to a nearby cathedral with his friends, the main character, Leo Kai Lim, discovers his own name written on a memorial of war heroes. Desperate to know who this other Leo was, Leo and his friends embark on a search. Together, they begin to uncover missing stories from the past, where they realise that the stories of war heroes have not always been shared simply because of where they were from or what they looked like. They are determined to put these heroes back into their rightful place in the pages of history. The Lion Above the Door touches on themes of historical racism and it really made me see how we need to think about racism and how it has maybe prevented stories from being told throughout history. I definitely rate this book a five stars and would really recommend it. It was a really lovely story to read and it didn't feel too heavy or too complex. I think it's amazing that Anjali Ralph writes books about really tricky subjects and then makes them easy for children to read. For example, the boy at the back of the class was about the story of refugees, the Nybus hero was from the perspective of a bully, and the star outside my window was about domestic violence. The Lion Above the Door was definitely one of my favourites. Hello, this is Isa, and this week I'm covering Bonfire Night, which is celebrated in the UK on the 5th of November every year with fireworks and bonfires. Did you know why? Well, it is the anniversary of a failed attempt to blow up the Houses of Parliament. In 1605, Guy Fawkes and his friends wanted to blow up the Houses of Parliament in London, where King James I and his leaders were, so that someone else would rule England instead. This was because of religion. England was a Protestant country, and Guy Fawkes and the other plotters were Catholic and wanted England to be Catholic again. They thought that they could force change if they killed King James I and his ministers, Guy Fawkes became friends with a man called Robert Catesby, who was actually the one who led the gunpowder plot, not Guy Fawkes. Robert Catesby had the idea of killing the king by blowing up the Houses of Parliament, and so the plotters filled up the basement in the Houses of Parliament in London with 36 barrels of gunpowder, which would have caused the buildings to explode, killing the king and other people in charge of the country. However, one member of the group of plotters sent a letter to his friend who works in Parliament warning him to stay away on the 5th of November and the king's supporters got a hold of the letter. Guy Fawkes' job 
was to guard the 36 barrels of gunpowder that had been stored in the basement in the House of Lords, and he was arrested in the basement on the day that he was going to light the gunpowder. That was the 5th of November. He was arrested and later executed, and King James I decreed that the 5th of November should be the day where people celebrate that the gunpowder plot did not succeed. Hi, it's Loey here. My story this week is about poppies and what the poppy appeal means. Did you know Thursday the 11th of November is Remembrance Day? Also known as Armistice Day, it marks the day World War I ended. At 11am, the 11th day of the 11th month in 1918. But the anniversary is used to remember all the people who have died in wars, not just World War I. A two-minute silence is held at 11am to remember the people who have died in wars. This includes World War II, the Falklands War, the Gulf War, and conflicts in Afghanistan and Iraq. Remembrance Sundays also mark each year. This year, it falls on Sunday the 14th which is the second Sunday in November. On this day, there are usually ceremonies at war memorials, cenotaphs and churches throughout the country as well as abroad. The royal family and top politicians gather at the cenotaph in Whitehall, London for a memorial service. In the days leading up to Remembrance Day, on the 11th of November, you will see people on the TV and in the streets wearing a poppy. This is a symbol to remember those who have lost their lives in conflicts around the world and those who have been killed as a result of terrorism. The reason poppies are used to remember those who have given their lives in battle is because they are the flowers which grew on the battlefield after World War I ended. This is described in the famous World War I poem called In Flanders Fields. Ever since then, they have come to be a symbol of remembering not just those who gave their lives in World War I, but all those who have died on behalf of their country. Millions of poppies are sold every year by tens of thousands of volunteers. Many are made of paper and are disposable, but you can also get digital poppies and poppies that you don't throw away. My dad bought me a poppy pin badge that you can keep and wear again. Money raised through the poppy appeal is used to support members of the armoured forces and the money is divided into various areas of the community. Hello, this is Zara. This week, I read about quite a worrying study which has found that the average person could be inhaling up to 7,000 tiny pieces of toxic plastic every day. The study was carried out by a pollution expert from Portsmouth University, Dr. Faye Cusero, at the London home of Michelle Morrison, who is a reporter for the television programme Good Morning Britain. The study used very sensitive equipment to count tiny particles less than 10 microns in size that is a tenth of the width of a human hair. The amount of microplastics were a hundred times greater than expected. The highest concentration was in an eight-year-old girl's room with the largest source being bedding, carpet and soft toys. It was also found that three quarters of Michelle Morrison's wardrobe contained plastics like polyester and nylon. Her children were also asked to play fight with soft toys as part of the study 
to simulate typical children's activity. Dr. Fekisera said that the quantities recorded were probably an underestimate because they covered only 14 hours and not a whole day. According to a respiratory expert from Portsmouth Hospital's Trust, microplastics can damage the immune system, trigger inflammation and help to carry cancer, causing toxins in the body. Mrs. Morrison said, Like most families in the UK, I like to think we're doing our bit at home to reduce the use of plastic in our everyday lives. So I was intrigued to take part in this world's first experiment. I never dreamed the result would be that my young children and I are breathing up to 7,000 microplastics each day. I really hope this research can help shine a light on such an important topic. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.